All right, welcome back to your favorite YouTube channel. This is Gabe DeArmond, Thursday morning, afternoon, night, maybe even Friday by the time you're watching this. I don't know, but uh, it's Thursday morning while I'm talking to you, so we're going to go with that. Thursday means it is Opposition Research, brought to you by Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones Investments here in Columbia. Edward Jones offers numerous investments and services to help you reach your financial goals, including smart spending and borrowing options, retirement, paying for education, estate considerations, and protecting your assets. Contact Stuart Eastman today for more information. The phone number's right there, 573-817-3108. You can go to Edward Jones and really deal with or find any of their financial professionals. Stuart is the one we recommend because he's the one I've used for the last... Uh, I don't know, 10 years or so, and my kids are both going to be out of the house soon, and that means eventually I'm going to have some money to deal with, uh, knock on wood, and uh, hopefully Stuart will find places to put that to make sure I have more money down the road when I eventually never retire and hang out on a beach with my friend Neil McCready. Um, that's that's coming soon, right, Neil? We, we got that in the, in the works? Uh, you, you said, said something, something about money, money and I, I got, got lost at that point. Okay. All money that, that, I, I, I get money and then it just goes to kids. Every time right. I, I get a kid, it goes, Hey, I need $340 for this. Yep. I need $34 for this. And I need $200 for this. Yeah. Money. Before, I can, even, before I can even respond, before I can even respond, Laura goes, okay. Yeah. Money is what the admissions departments at various uh, educational institutions in our country collect from us. That's that's really the best way to put it. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe eventually we'll keep some of it. But hey, uh, we we as much fun as it would be to just talk about our children and all the money we spend on them. Uh, we actually thought we'd have Neil on to talk about the SEC West because he knows at least marginally more than I do about it, considering that six of the games he'll cover this year are going to be SEC West games and, and Ole Miss plays in the West. Um, I know a little bit about the SEC East and a little bit less about the SEC West right now. Uh, I don't know, Neil. We, we got a week to, to learn everything, so I, I guess crash course. We're going to have to uh, figure everything out about every team that Ole Miss and Missouri play this year. Yeah, well, I can help you with the SEC West real quick if you want to do this like – 10 seconds, we can be done. Um, okay, Alabama, cool. It'd be a good Alabama, show. Yeah, it'd be a great show. Alabama's going to win it. Um, they're probably not going to lose a game. And that's going to happen and continue on for infinity. <laughs> okay, perfect. There you go. Alabama, uh, champions of the world, overlords of college football, at least until Nick Saban retires at age 114. Um, so the way I did this last week with, with Chris on the SECE show, I just started out, I said, give me your just off the cuff order of finish in the SEC West this year, and then we're just going to go through and and do a couple minutes on on each team. Okay, I, it's all jokes aside. It's Alabama's number one, and it's a clear clear cut number one. Um, I think Texas A and M is a clear cut number two. I do. They're so good on both lines of scrimmage. There are some issues with them. We'll talk about it in a minute, I'm sure. And then here's where you get into this debate, because I think three, four, and five are somewhat interchangeable depending on how healthy they can stay, um, how much chaos, you know, hurts their program in LSU's case. Um, you know, what, is it, what does a new coach mean at Auburn? But I think it's Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn in some shape. 
form or fashion. I, I put LSU third, Ole Miss fourth, and Auburn fifth. But I wouldn't fight you if you shook that up in any way. If you put Ole Miss third and LSU fifth even, I'd be like, okay, I get it. If you said Ole Miss is fifth and Auburn's third, I'd say, okay, I'm cool with that. I mean, I think those three teams are, are right there in a, in a hat. Um, they all play each other in different places. Nobody has like a home field consensus on that either. So that could go anyway. Um, I think Mississippi State is sixth and Arkansas is seventh, but that's pretty interchangeable too. And and here's where I'm gonna you know flex my Western division muscles here. Um, I don't think there's a bad team in the division this year. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Mississippi State's a great team. They're not. I'm not saying Arkansas is a great team. They're not either. But I don't think either one of them are gonna suck. And I think you can look at the East, for example, and Vanderbilt's going to suck, mm-hmm. and Tennessee's going to suck, mm-hmm. and South Carolina's going to suck. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you put those two teams, if you put Mississippi State and Arkansas, and you said, hey, you guys are going to play in a nine-team SEC East. Um, They're fifth. Missouri, the first thing that would happen is Missouri would go, we're still the most Western team. <laughs> right, right. And the second thing that would happen is that I think you'd say Mississippi State and and uh, and Arkansas would finish in the middle of that group. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably not top half, but, but you know, uh, definitely not bottom third. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know, Neil, if you know this, they do call St. Louis uh, gateway to the SEC East. They've, they've actually renamed the city. Uh, since Missouri joined the league. So it's now the gateway to the SEC East, um, even though it's yes. the gateway to the western half of the country. So uh, when we did the East last week, we broke it into three tiers. Tier one was was Georgia and Florida. Florida below Georgia, but but in that tier. Uh, tier two was Missouri, Kentucky, and tier three was everybody else. SEC West has four tiers because Alabama's on its own tier, right? I mean, yes. if they don't win the division, it's, it's a failure. And then Texas A&M kind of has so- its own tier. It's, it's a, a miracle if Alabama doesn't win yeah, the division. Yeah, and if if A and M doesn't finish second, that's a bad year, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, Gabe. It, yeah, there's no, no question. question. And, and listen, there's there's pressure on on Jimbo Fisher. I mean, they you know he landed in College Station a few years ago, and they broke out the North Korean band, and he comes marching through, and all that stuff, and they do all their culty stuff, and they hit the rings, and they, they gave him seventy five million dollars. Yeah, you can see him looking at the cheerleaders and everything going 75 million, 75 million. They're paying 75 million, 75 million. Grin and bear it, 75 million. But yeah, they're paying him to win. Yeah. They want him to win big and they want him to eventually pass Alabama. And if this year he doesn't finish like he did last year, in fairness, he got overlooked because of all the COVID crazy and all that stuff. But they probably belonged in the playoff. It's arguable. Yeah. It's, it's arguable. arguable. If they'd have been in, nobody would have really complained. Yeah, so you can absolutely argue that they should have been in the playoff, and you can argue that they shouldn't have been. But they only lost one game, and it was at Tuscaloosa, and they, they sort of did everything you could ask of them. And I think anything short of that this year is not going to be acceptable. And they're in kind of a bad mood over there now because Texas is joining the league. Oklahoma is joining the league. They're no longer special. Um and God knows those people want to be special. Uh, they're not. They're not special anymore. So there, there's a real expectation of, hey, let's get this done. And I'll tell you this, Gabe. It's funny. I've seen this before. I've seen it at Ole Miss a couple of times. I've seen it at LSU. I've seen it with Auburn. When teams get to a place, programs slash teams get to a place where it's, hey, 
We got Alabama coming to our place. I don't know the date on it. It's like September, October 2nd or whatever it is. We got Alabama coming to our place. That's the game. Yeah. That's the Super Bowl. I've seen that backfire. Yeah. What happens the two weeks before that? You know? Well, more specifically, what happens the few weeks after that? Yeah. Even if you lose that game, you still got to get rolling. I I think A&M might be at Missouri the week after they play Alabama. So. You know, you know, it's funny, in 2014, Ole Miss circled Alabama. And uh, they said, hey, we're going to be 4-0 when Alabama comes to town. And it's going to be a zoo. And we're going to get them. And Gabe, they did. Was that the Katy Perry on game day weekend? Yeah. Okay. Katy Perry, game day, the whole deal. Everything about the way that was drawn up that year played out. Ole Miss went 4-0 to start the season. Played like a house on fire. Alabama comes to town. It was 70 degrees, not a, not even a wisp of a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry on the sidelines. The Grove has never been more packed, has never looked like more of a party. Right. Games at 2.30 on CBS, and Ole Miss comes back to win the game in the fourth quarter. Bo Wallace hits Jalen Walton, and then Sinquez Golson gets the interception, and, and, and they tear the goalpost down, carry him to the square, um, Katy Perry goes crowd surfing at Funkies, which is a bar on the square. It's crazy. And the next week, Ole Miss goes to A&M and plays great and destroys A&M. And then it fell apart. Okay, yeah. They went to LSU, and all of a sudden the target's on your back and you can't handle it. They lost at home to Auburn, got blown out by 30 at Arkansas. So you got to be super careful when you make this God, we get Alabama at our place. We get them in a spot. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. Yeah, yeah, it's a 12-game season, man. And that's where – that's the part of Alabama that they don't get credit for. We give them credit for everything because right. they win everything. Where they don't get credit, Gabe, seriously, from our, our field, is I don't know that we ever really write enough about the fact that Alabama gets everybody's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And weekend and week out, they show up with this sort of business-like – mentality and they just get it done and when they do get beat they're okay right they, they come they back. come back yeah and when they win an emotional game they come back and do it again the next week mm-hmm. and teams like the ones we cover alabama comes to town and it's this crazy three-ring circus mm-hmm. and then there's a letdown one way or the other yeah 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 same thing happened in missouri in 2010 beat number one oklahoma next week they went up to lincoln nebraska and roy hill who ran for 897 yards week after that they went to texas tech and blew a 14 nothing lead so they lost the two games after they beat the best team in the country and that's what that's what you're right that's what the best teams do like your board i'm sure is like my board this preseason they're assessing hey we could be nine and three ten and two this year and yes if old miss comes out and plays the best game it can play 12 weeks in a row it's probably gonna be ten and two but Ole Miss isn't going to come out and play the best game it can play 12 weeks in a row because nobody does that. So the great teams, the elites, the Alabamas, the reason they're 12-0 and 0 is because their C-plus game wins. And they play their C-plus game sometimes. It's just good yep. enough to win. you know. So I don't want to spend a bunch of time on Alabama. Like, I don't know. They got a bunch more five-stars replacing the five-stars that just left. They're going to have six dudes drafted in the NFL next year. They're probably going to win the 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 – the only question to me is – do they trip up anywhere, or are they just 12-0 and 0 and they already have a playoff spot locked up before the SEC title game? Because I did my season predictions. I actually picked Georgia to beat them in the SEC title game, and then they both make the playoff because Alabama's already in. 
Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I don't I don't think they lose to anyone in the SEC this year Probably. unless it's Georgia in the playoffs. I just game. had to do something different. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if you told me they lost the championship game to Georgia because Georgia's really good this year, I'd buy it. Um, and because Kirby yeah. didn't fake punt. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> the reason Alabama is so good is because the Tuesday practice and the Wednesday practice are much more difficult games for them than the Saturday game. They, 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 they play against each other, and they, they're, they're, they're just so stacked. <laughs> I mean, but like, Devontae Smith missed. went from fourth receiver to Heisman winner. Like, that's how good yeah. the, Alabama, the Alabama receiving core that was the best in the history of college football last year maybe wasn't better than the one the year before. Yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, there's a photo of their quarterback room, and it's Tua Tungabaloa, Mac Jones, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And Tua and Mac aren't starting. Right, right. They're both first-round and, picks. And it's like the seventh-best position on their roster. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's it's what they do, and it's it's to their credit. But you know, you mentioned A and M, and A and M has this elite defensive line. They're very good at all aspects on defense. It might be the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. It's right there with Georgia, right there with Alabama. They're dominant. Yeah, but they're breaking in a new quarterback. They're breaking in, I believe, it's three and maybe four new offensive linemen. Mm. Uh, very good at running back. They they're loaded. They got skill players all over the place. It's a very very talented team, but new quarterback, new offensive line. Yeah, that that can trip you up. And and Jimbo's in a in an interesting spot too because you mentioned all the hey putting all the pressure on on the Alabama game, but also that program now is at a point where one of these next couple years that has to be the breakthrough because you know how every fan base is, and A and M is certainly no different. There's gonna hit a time where. Yeah, ten and two, eleven and one's cool, but like, is this it? Are we just never going to get to the next place? And he's got two or three years until they start asking that question. But if if Tuscaloosa or if Alabama comes to College Station twice in the next three years, and Alabama wins both those games, and A and M's just second place in the SEC West four years in a row, people are going to get tired of it. It's not going to be good enough. No, there's 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 no doubt. He absolutely has pressure to get over the hump, to beat Alabama, to do it. And uh, that's the difference in this in this league over the last 15 years is yep. that nobody can consistently do it. I mean, if you look at – Saban's Gus, gotten so many dudes fired. Yeah, if you look mm-hmm. at Gus Malzahn's body of work at, at Auburn, mm-hmm. in any other era, everybody's going, man, this guy's great. And instead they're, they're wanting to fire him, and they ultimately run him off. Um, he's Nobody at Tennessee can beat him. Um, it's it's led to the downfall in, in in part of that program. It's not the only thing that's led to it, but it's part right. of it. Um, you know, look at look at LSU. Two years ago, LSU was the best program in the country. They won everything, everything you could win in college football. They won it. We were having the is this the best team in college football history discussion, and it very well may have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a legitimate argument that you can make. But two years later, they're right back where they were. Chasing Alabama. It's the yep. damnedest thing. And so it's it's uh, it's the dynamic that now Jimbo faces is can he get over it? And and look, he's a very good coach. He's a very good recruiter. He there he's an excellent evaluator, all of those things. But it's can you put it all together yep. and get past Alabama and then stay past them? I mean, I covered a guy, Hugh Freeze, who beat Alabama two years in a row. But he never could finish the rest of the deal. He blew a game at home against Arkansas. He, he, he he lost to Memphis for God's sake. I mean, he couldn't kind of get though get past it, and 
you know the rest of that story. He's at Liberty now, and Nick Saban's making $2,406 million a year, and it's probably still underpaid. <laughs> so it's it's very difficult. It, it, yeah. it, but it is absolutely what stares Jimbo Fisher in the face is that it's just a big elephant. And how do you get how do you get past it? Can you get past it? And if you can't get past it, is 11-1 and one every year good enough? And the answer is probably not. Well, it may be because you'll be the five seed in a 12-team playoff, but that's a, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all these uh, – hey, you know what Jimbo Fisher needs? He needs a financial planner when it comes – I bet he has one. Um, it should be Stuart Eastman. It probably isn't. This is my favorite thing about doing these shows every day now, Neil. You just find new ways to do transitions, right? Uh, but when it comes to your financial future, it's important to work with somebody who takes time to understand you and your personal situation, whether that is a $75 million guaranteed contract or not. Uh, probably isn't for you. No offense. Uh, Edward Jones and Stuart Eastman take a step-by-step approach to identify your goals and develop specific strategies to help you achieve them. Contact me today and – or contact him today and uh, see how the personal service can make a difference for you. And you know what? Truthfully, I think I screwed that up. Jimbo Fisher doesn't need a financial planner. He has $75 million. There's no plan for that. Just go spend what you want to spend. He gets free clothes. He gets free cars. He's going to have everything else left over. He doesn't need anybody to tell him what to do with his money because he's got a lot of it. Um, it's true. So nice. let's jump to to now that those kind of, I guess, what we're calling Tier 3. You said you'd go LSU, Ole Miss, Auburn. I, I would, if I was picking it, go Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn. And I'm not sure why, to be honest. I want you to tell me why I'm buying into this. Hey, even though they had no defense last year, Ole Miss good enough to be the third best team in this division. Yeah, I can't argue with you. I, I mean, if you told me the football gods came down and said Ole Miss finishes third in the West, I'm like, yeah, okay. Is, what, what would tell me is this. If the football guys said, hey, Neil, Ole Miss finishes third in the West, I'd say, okay, well, they stayed really healthy. Mm-hmm. And the jump that they made on defense was a little more substantial than what I thought it would be. Okay. So it's now, it's it's more the jump than Matt Corral is an all-SEC quarterback and they scored 56 points a game. Yes, Corral's the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt's really grown up a lot. He's got a big-time arm game. He's right there with Howell and Rattler in, in terms of, of quarterbacking ability. Like first-round pick next year, good? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I, if, if, you, if you told me he's not a first-round pick, I would guess that he got hurt. Okay. Um, yeah, he's the real deal. They're loaded at running back. They've got a very good offensive front. Not a lot of depth now. If they lose a tackle, it gets kind of squirrely. I know that happens to a lot of people, but that's – that's the kind of stuff that, you know, Nick Broker goes down. I'm like, whoa, got a problem now. Um, but if they stay healthy up front, they're very good up front. Uh, and they've got some depth, guard, center, guard, too. They're okay there. It's the tackles, a little, 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 little thin. Uh, they, they're going to miss Elijah Moore, but they've got receiving depth, and they've got impact guys. Braylon Sanders is an all-SEC caliber wide receiver. It's still a Nick – I mean, a, a, a Nick. It's still a Lane Kiffin – uh, Jeff Levy offense. It's two brilliant offensive minds that are running that offense. They're going to find weaknesses in defense and exploit them. That's just what they do. So offensively, they're going to score a lot of points. They scored a lot of points last year. Um, defensively, where they're interesting, they were 117 last year in defense. That's not good. I mean, they were better than 12 teams. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. Um, 117. They're going to be better than that. Right. Why? Well, they've added some talent on the, 
on the defensive line. They've got a young defensive end that's two young defensive ends that are starting to emerge. They've got some some talent in the middle that's coming along, a high school kid, a couple of JUCO kids that they, that they like. That over the course of the season, I think, will make them a better defensive front. Uh, they added Chance Campbell, a, a linebacker from Maryland, uh, via the grad transfer. I guess just not not the portal. I guess he was in the portal. I don't know. Grad transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in. He's, he, he gives them some um, athleticism. A little more, a uh, little more steadiness at linebacker. I think they'll actually be okay at linebacker. Not great, but okay. And they added a bunch of guys in the secondary, so much that they were able to move one of their better corners, Keydron Smith, to safety, where I think he'll thrive. Uh, they have Otis Reese for the whole season now, instead of just those last three games um, last season. They brought in some really talented young corners. Uh, have an experienced corner coming back. I think they're going to be significantly better on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I think the defensive backfield is going to go from being an, oh my God, I can't believe that's an SEC secondary, to, okay, these guys are pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. So if you told me that they went from 117 to, say, 65 in team defense, okay, that's pretty good. And with that offense, that might be enough to – Win eight, nine games. Um, is that enough to finish third? Probably not. Now, if you told me they went from 117 to, say, 48, well, now we're in a different conversation. Because if last year Ole Miss had the 48th best defense in the country, they beat Alabama. Right. They beat Arkansas. They beat Auburn. They beat LSU. And holy shit, we're talking about something totally different. Part of language. But because that, you know, that's, that's a big jump to ask. 117 to say 45, that's that's a lot to ask of a, of, a, of a unit. I do think 117 to say 65 is realistic, and that's kind of what I expect, which is going to put them right in that 7, 8, maybe 9 win deal, depending on how things fall. And, and it's just got to be the right 8 or 9 to, to win tiebreakers to finish third. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, yeah you know, I just don't think the, if the strategy is, hey, let's get 45 each game and see where we fall, that's not a great strategy right. in this league, right. even though last year they lost two games where they scored 48 or more points. That's, that's crazy. How about that? Yeah, that Ole Miss-Bama game was one of the most fun games I've ever – like, if you just didn't care who won, that was one of the most fun games you'll ever ever see on television. Well, and at the end of the year, nobody paid attention to it because we were so fatigued with it by then. But Ole Miss at LSU was the same damn game. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, um, but you got to at some point you got to win those games. And, yeah, yeah, you know, and the question with Matt Corral is, you know, can he can he cut out some of the interceptions? He threw interceptions in bunches last year. He threw six at Arkansas. He threw three in the first half against LSU. He's got to eliminate that. And if he does, his yeah. sky is the limit for him. All right. So next, do you want to go to the team that has had a really bad week or the team that has had maybe the worst last 12 months in college football because <laughs> it's a choice worst week or worst year who would to what which uh, one do we want to talk about first let's take on the worst year because they've okay. had an awful year at lsu it, it Everything. is even to the point that like their former coach got fired at kansas among scandal like everything bad that has happened in college football has somehow related to lsu which just tells me like dude you're just not supposed to hire bo Pelini. bad things happen then <laughs> and the Grim Reaper is still hanging over them. Oh, yeah. Quarter. Yeah. You know, and that's what's interesting to me with LSU. And when people say, boy, they're, they're so talented, and they are. They are. Their roster is, is loaded with four and five star kind of players. 
But it's still Ed Orgeron, who feels like he kind of made a deal with the devil in, in 2019. Like, hey, if everything goes our way, just this one year, you can go back to making me your punchline. Well, and, and I know, like, you, you have a lot of issues with, here's what our business does wrong. You know what our business really does wrong? How many stories did we write about the redemption of Coach O and how he's arrived? No, he, like he wasn't a significantly better. He's not an idiot, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't a significantly better coach in 2019 in Baton Rouge than he was when he was in Oxford. He just didn't have Joe Burrow in the most ridiculous collection of receivers in the history of football at Ole Miss. Well, and he had this also in addition to Burrow, and by the way, I and who knows what Burrow will be now that he suffered the severe knee injury. But, right. but Joe Burrow, if you're going to talk about greatest college football season for an individual ever, Joe Burrow is in that very elite handful of names, and he probably yes. emerges number one. Because he had the best season, best individual season at the most important position. I mean, his season was not what Barry Sanders was in 1988, but it's quarterback versus running back. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking, talking – talking, Joe Burrow, we're talking Cam Newton that one year at Auburn. We're talking about Vince Young and that magic season at Texas. I mean, we, we, this is a small group of uh, – this is a very small conversation. And, and he's right there. And, and you also had Joe Brady, this unique offensive mind who was a perfect fit, who is now with the Carolina Panthers and a future NFL head coach in his early 30s. So I advocated for Missouri to hire him after that year. Because they had the opening, and I said, you, I, I, that's the call, but that's yeah, not right. obviously what they did. Yeah. But, yeah, so you had that perfect storm, and it all worked out. And, hey, listen, a lot of credit belongs to, to uh, Ed Orgeron hmm? for, for extending the offer to Joe Burrow. Uh, Scott Frost didn't. He declined. That didn't go well. Um, <laughs> you know, Joe, uh, Ed Orgeron hired Joe Brady. You get credit for that. I mean, there's, when, I, I hate when people completely try to deflect right. and Your point's exactly right. But he does get credit for those things. He did those things, and then he let those people do it, and he let those people have the credit, and he just rolled with it. But two years later, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I do like their quarterback. Johnson's a really good player. Um, they, they've got Stingley in the secondary, who's one of the best players in the league. You know what? Like, I'm sure he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But I heard a lot about the LSU secondary, and, like, Missouri just made them – it, like, destroyed them. Like, Missouri didn't throw the ball well last year and 450 yards and five touchdowns in that game. I, I mean, it was That's... insane. They they couldn't cover. There were walk-ons destroying the LSU secondary last year. And maybe that's all Bo Pelini, but it's probably not all Bo Pelini. Auburn destroyed that secondary a year ago. And Auburn coach that got fired. Mm -hmm. Mississippi State destroyed that secondary a year ago. And they never did anything the rest of the season. Right. Arkansas almost beat them in Fayetteville at the end of the year. That was KJ Jefferson. It, it was, I mean, we're, we're, you know, yeah, I'm with you. Um, the more I talk about this, the more I'm like, why are you picking them third? Um, and I think it's a little bit of just the uniform. It's the name. Yeah. I mean, they're ranked 16th in the country. Maybe that's fair, but I don't think it's, I don't know, man. Go show something. Yeah. So I don't know, Gabe. Um, they're talented. They've got weapons. They've got uh, talented receivers. They, they always have good backs. Um, we'll see. I mean, again, I, if you told me LSU was, was a disaster, I'd buy it. If, in fact, of the three teams we're talking about, if you told me that one bottomed out, I would tell you that it's LSU, that stuff happened, that um, 
that the NCAA stuff finally kind of came down and that they, they used Orgeron as a scapegoat. And if you look at LSU's schedule, it's kind of shaky. They, there's some weird games that, that they get that could hurt them, and they've got some real tough road games that I think are tougher than people think they are at Kentucky, at Ole Miss. I mean, there's some games for them that, that could, get a little, um, could get a little squirrely, but they're right there. And then so you talk about Auburn, it's, um, it's a new coach. <laughs> It, yeah. Now, now look. It, it, well, first of all, I want to say about LSU. I just want them to win enough games to go back to a world where Will Wade was the biggest shit show in Baton Rouge. You know, those were simpler times. Uh, we're not there anymore. But Auburn. I mean, now look. This, this is a place that likes to chew up and spit out coaches for not being Nick Saban, like we were talking about. Um, but like Brian Harson is, he's he maybe stepped in it a little bit more than just. Just I mean, he hadn't even coached a game yet, so it's not about losing games. But like, just the whole goal for your coach just needs to be just just don't make news in the off season, right? And I don't want to turn this into a discussion of what Brian Harsey. I don't care about that discussion. Just yeah. kind of just stay out of the news, and he hasn't managed to do that. Oh, look, and you and I don't exactly see eye to eye on all this stuff, but I'm with you completely on this Harson thing as it pertains to the vaccination. And I watched it at Ole Miss with Kiffin and listen, I don't think Lane Kiffin is a very political person. Okay. Right. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't think, I don't think Lane Kiffin thinks about politics other than if someone were to come out and say, you can't go deep sea fishing. I think he would be vehemently opposed to that. Candidate. Here, hey, hey, I, I, Lane Kiffin just doesn't want to run for a political office. Cause like, you know, hey, that, that that's a lot of scrutiny there. Yeah, Lane, Lane is a path of least resistance guy as it pertains yeah. to, to politics. But he came out pretty strong about the vaccine. And he obviously got vaccinated. And he allowed his team to sort of spend the summer right. talking themselves into it. And then there came a moment where he goes, all right, so here's the deal. I'm bringing in some doctors to talk to you guys. I'm going to let you all ask questions. Ask questions. No one's going to laugh at your questions. Ask your questions, get it out of your system, and then at the end of this, we're probably going to get vaccinated. Yeah. Well, and because, that's what because and, and what, Harson, Harson's making five million dollars a year. Forget yes. the whole you yes. represent. Forget the whole you represent a state and all that stuff. Look, these programs. If we can't figure anything else out from all of the alliance talk and stuff. If we can't figure out anything, these are massive multi-million dollar corporations. Mm -hmm. And if you end up not hosting a game, you know what a home game means to Auburn, Alabama? I, and let's say, I don't know what their schedule is, but like they're going to play a Samford or a Jacksonville State, right? Yes. At some point this season. Can you imagine the, like, if your team can't take the field for that game, like, that is a fireable offense. If you forfeit to Samford, you lose your job Sunday. Yeah, forget the and forget even the forfeit part. You you owe it to the hotels in that yeah. town, to the restaurants in that town, to the to everything in that town. That that is that build their budgets around those seven or eight games a year at Jordan Hare Stadium, where eighty something thousand people roll into town for two days and eat, yep. drink, and be merry. You that's part of your gig. And so look, the fact that he got himself into this mess is a really bad start. Now, will that mean anything once the season rolls around? Probably not. They, no, they still, it, it's only one thing to add on if they go five and seven, right? 
If yeah. if they go five and seven, their fans are going to hate him, and they're going to hate him no matter what. But this is just one more thing that their fans would say. Oh, we went five and seven, and oh, by the way, remember back in August, you know? Yeah, they would say, "See, we were distracted in August because mm-hmm. he wasn't at camp." And, right. You know, and obviously they've got a thing. Derek Mason is vaccinated, and he tested positive. So you know, right. it, it it there's sure. a lot. There. It, yeah, it's not about that. It's about this is your job. You do everything you can to get your team on the field, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. and you get paid very well to do so. It's probably a conversation for next week because I mean, there are people here that, and all this is one hundred percent. There are right. people here who are like, you know, what happens if you are we right. testing everybody? And right. if we do test everybody, what does that mean? And then what happens? And but at least then, if you had to forfeit a game, it wouldn't be because well, you guys should have gotten vaccinated. You'd be able to go. Everybody is vaccinated, and your what coach would wasn't out there saying yeah i don't want to talk about this we're, we're yeah, I, right. I played the fifth yeah but with auburn you know it's going to come down to bigsby's a, a terrific uh back yeah. he's he's probably the but, best back in the league um i know, mean i remember I'm, we talked a year ago and and bo Nix is a guy like he's a guy yeah but he's not like a a challenge the royalty in the sec west quarterback he just isn't he's a He's an upside finish third in the SEC West quarterback. Yeah, to I don't me, know that I, I don't know that I like him any more than I like the kid at Missouri, Basilak. I yeah. don't, I don't know that I like Nick's any more than I like. Um, I don't know the, the kid at Kentucky, <laughs> I, it, KJ uh, Jefferson. Honestly, yeah, yeah, he's whatever. Uh, he's he's a, he's a guy. He's solid. But That's look, a, it's a talented roster, but it's not a great roster, and I don't like their schedule. And I think Auburn. The reason I have them fifth is in the end, I think I think seven and five is their ceiling. And so, you know, I think LSU's ceiling is higher than that. And I think yeah. Ole Miss's ceiling is higher than that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and then but it's his first year. I do think, and you saw this last year with your coach, and I saw it last year with the coach that I cover. I do think first year coaches get a little spark. Their programs have a little yeah, spark. But- it, what what did Ole Miss finish last year? Were they five and five? Five and five. Five and five. So yeah. was Missouri, and those but were both really close to seven and three, eight and two. Okay, and Missouri, Missouri was actually really close to three and seven, but they finished yeah. five and five. Both of them did. Both of them have charismatic head coaches, and these two fan bases are probably the most two excited fan bases in the SEC relative to where they thought they'd be a year ago. I mean, probably. really behind these guys, and part of that is that the history of success isn't really there. Auburn is – I don't care if your first year, Auburn's going to view 8-4 and four as a failure. That's what their fan base thinks. 8-4 yeah, and four is a sure. failure for this program. It's why I wouldn't take that job, uh, honestly. Uh, the expectations well, not, just aren't in line with reality. Not when Nick Saban's at Alabama and Kirby Smart's yep. at Georgia. Yep. You know, I covered Auburn for six years when the coaches at Alabama were like Dennis Franchoni and Mike Shula. And- <laughs> right. Little Mike better. Price and Mike know, Price for like twelve minutes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Tommy Tuberville rolled through it. I mean, I always joke. I mean, I got fired from Mobile Radio, um, in large part because Auburn went six and zero in the six years that I was doing daily talk radio in Mobile. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much the reason that I got fired. And um, yeah, so it, it's a different it's a different job today. It's yep. a, a lot harder job when you've got. I think inarguably the greatest coach of all time in the middle of the most dynastic run in the history of the game uh, right across the state. And then you've got a guy at, at Georgia who's running Alabama light in Athens. Right. I mean, ask, you know, ask Louisville, ask 
Missouri, ask Michigan. It sucks when your rival is like one of the two or three best programs in the history of the sport, right? Because that's who you compare yourself to, and you're just not them. Um, and and that's, that's tough to a, accept. A, you're jumping at a goal that's hard to get to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on Arkansas and Mississippi State. We both got things to do. Um, Arkansas is interesting to me. They were three and seven, and like they want to build statues of Sam Pittman. And, and look, Sam did a good job last year. I'm not knocking the job he did, but also I think you do maybe have to take a step back and go, he did a good job, and they're still so far to go. They are. Now, I think I actually think Arkansas might have the same or worse record and be a better football team this yeah. year. I think yeah, Sam's I doing a good job. He's he's building it slowly, but there is a there is a method to it. And um, I, I think there's there is some progress being made. I'm not the biggest KJ Jefferson fan in the world as a quarterback. I worry about his accuracy a little bit. I worry about his weight a little bit. Um but he's, he is an athletic kid. He does have a big arm. They they're better at receiver than they get credit for. They're better oh, yeah. at running they back than guys. they get credit for. Uh, they're good up front, and they have some impactful players on defense: Morgan and Catalan, and, and and they've got some guys on that side of the ball that had a lot of dudes make. come back. Yeah, and I thought Barry Odom did a really good job with that defense a year ago, especially early in the season. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I, look, they they have a really interesting week two game. Um, you know, they get Rice in week one, they'll win. They get Texas in week two in Fayetteville. It's going to be the biggest game in Fayetteville yeah. in a long time. And that's a, that's a big SEC matchup. Yeah, well, and it, it does show you the power of when Texas comes into the league. Texas and Arkansas in a conference game every year, people will be yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching that. Right, sure. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's an opportunity for Arkansas to get off to one of those super hot starts and get some momentum and – like they'll be, they beat Texas. They'd be ranked in the top twenty-five. Now, whether that's right or not, they'd be getting votes. They they would get some sentimental votes, yeah. I think, at that point. Um, you know, but, but we'll see. I do think I do think he has that program headed in the right direction. It's just such a such a tall climb when you look at Alabama and A and M and LSU and Auburn. And if Ole Miss gets going under Lane Kiffin, it's just yep. it's almost impossible just, to get any traction on that hill. Yeah, just to get to six and six would be, you know, a, a huge step. And then, I don't know, I, old or Mississippi State, like they started out and they beat LSU last year, and everybody said, "Oh, look out, Mike Leach." And then we started to figure out LSU sucked. And really, Mississippi State, I, I think they're the worst team in the division. They may not finish seventh, but I just, other than Mike Leach's schemes and the ability to put up fifty-eight, and if you put up fifty-eight, you're going to win. But like that was a bad offense last year. You know, for years, Ole Miss fans wanted to hire Mike Leach. Every time the Ole Miss job came open, everybody wanted Leach. to hire Mike Leach because he put his job out for every, or name out for every job in the country. And my question, and I would always ask it privately, and I bet you did too, when I would talk to SEC coaches that I knew, I would say, hey, does that scheme work in this league? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if he does it, because everybody who knows him goes, hey, Mike Leach, man, nobody is more authentically himself than Mike right. Leach. Which That's is why. He, he gets a ton of credit and deserves it for winning at places that are off the radar that a lot of people don't win. But you know why he's at those places? Because the people that are in a bigger spotlight can't handle the headache of Mike Leach being their head coach. Yeah, and Mississippi State's a much higher profile program than Texas Tech or Washington State because it's in the SEC. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, you know, there's so much media that covers SEC, as you know, and I know. But within and, uh, the SEC, it's still, what, the 12th, 13th, 14th profile. It's above Vandy, probably, but 12th, yeah, 13th. That's about, yeah. that's about it, yeah. Um, but still, it's still a, it's, it's still a different yeah. kind of job. And But back to my point, I would ask coaches that coached in the league, and I knew some defensive coaches in the league, and I would say, does that system work? And they all would say, no. And I would say, why? And they would say, because this is a league where, unlike – Texas Tech, where you'll play a few Big 12 teams that are slow at linebacker. Mm -hmm. You'll play a few Big 12 teams that maybe they have a little weakness at the nickel or corner or something. Unlike Washington State, where everybody's kind of slow, kind of, you know, the, the Pac-12 right. is, is, doesn't have a lot of size. It doesn't have those edge guys that just create habits. If you get fast guys, you put them at receiver. Yeah, this league is full of fast guys like mm -hmm. Georgia and Alabama and LSU. They have these edge guys that are just disruptive. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the league, like we just talked about the, the Catalan kid at Arkansas. Um, I mean, you know, everybody's got defensive backs like that in this league. Right. Everybody has linebackers who can run in this league. Um, and it's they, they that offense is about the same 12 plays over and over and over. And it's. I think you saw what happened a year ago. Mm -hmm. This is still a league that for you to win in this league, you have to have balance. You've got to be able to every so often line up and run the football at people and remind them that, hey, if you're if, if you're gonna play six DBs all time, we're gonna get we're gonna break off some right. six and seven yard runs. And then once we start getting you back into the box, then we're gonna pick you apart right. with the aerial game. His deal is all, no, no, we're going to throw it because my system is so smart that I'm going to fool everybody. And a year ago, it just didn't. And yeah. I don't know what changes this year, frankly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they're they're probably the I, I think they're probably the worst team in the division. I don't honestly think Leach is there all that long. I think he'll get tired of it um, in a couple of years. But uh, I don't know. appreciate you uh, spending your day with us, man, and, and teaching me about the SEC West. I mean, I don't really need to know any more than Arkansas and A&M, but I appreciate knowing about everybody else. That's uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to educate. <laughs> Excellent. I, I like the alliance. We're all about education. And yeah. what was the other education research? And um, I, there, there was some other thing. And then other, my favorite, my favorite part of that quote was where he said, "Now this is not a holier than thou statement. No, that's no. exactly what it is. That's a hundred percent all it is. Because you also don't actually care about any of those things. So I mean." You know, I understand that, that the most important thing at Clemson is research. That's why Trevor Lawrence went there, to because yeah. of their research right. dollars and, and all research. that. Uh, yeah, and just like the Alliance, there were no uh, there's no formal agreements on this show. Neil, just it's two gentlemen agreeing to come together and do a show. That's all it was. Because, you know, when I think about you know, high-level, high uh, high-education uh, research institutions, I think Florida State every time. I mean, it's right there. Just Absolutely. I mean <laughs> – Coach Prime does not get a degree from anything other than the best, man. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Neil. Have a good one, man. We'll catch up. Okay. All right, Neil McCready, join us. And, uh, hey, one more reminder on your guys' way out the door. Uh, this show was brought to you and will be brought to you every single Thursday during the season. Next Thursday, we're going to start with with opponent previews, actually with the teams Missouri is playing. Um, but, but the first couple weeks, we've done the divisions in the SEC, brought to you by Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones, a different kind of investment 
firm to them. FaceTime and ThinkTime makes sense. They'll meet with you to learn your individual needs so they can develop a strategy to help you achieve your long-term financial goals. Get a hold of Stuart there, 573-817-3108. Thanks to them for bringing this show to you guys every week. Thanks to Neil for hanging out with me. And thanks to you guys for watching. We'll uh, hit you up next week with a preview of the Central Michigan Chippewas because next time we talk to you, it's going to be game week. See you then.